podcast where we talk about faith, life, and adulting. Like always, I'm Micah Keneally, joined by my host. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts. That's right. So, Josiah, how can they get involved if this is their first time tuning in? Man, wherever you're streaming this, whether you're watching it on YouTube or if you are tuning in maybe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you'd subscribe mm-hmm. and leave us a review, that will help us reach more listeners as well as if you find this content helpful, be sure to share this episode with a friend. That's right. And we come out every single Friday. So don't forget to set that setting to receive the notification that hopefully you can join us because you submit your questions to us. We try to unpack them along the way or have any follow-up questions, right, Josiah? So true, babe. So true. And this episode is specifically designed for somebody who's looking for a place to live. Should I rent or should I buy? Whoa. Let should there we be start light. Over? No, that's good. All right. Well, I feel like we're tanning now. <laughs> Got the bulbs on and everything. So, the question is, how do I know if I should rent or buy a house? Such a good question. And yes. I think a fun place to start, we're going to get a little bit practical, mm-hmm. but you want to share some of our journey of we got married um, actually as of this week, right. five years ago, and, and what did our life look like then, and we'll get into what it looks like now. Well, living-wise and house-wise, obviously we are believers. So as an engaged couple, we waited to be married before we obviously moved in and started a household together, more or less. But we had desired simply to do this. One, we're going to rent before we buy. That's just the season that we were personally in. I had a couple school loans that I needed to get paid off. Josiah was living completely debt-free. Our our cars were paid off. So we did not have any debt aside from just wrapping up some of my education, just to kind of put that into perspective. And that's something that we took into consideration when we got married. So... We rented an apartment for almost, what, two, two and a half years almost? Two and a half years. It was this amazing two-bedroom apartment, um, and this would have been East Bloomington right by the Minnesota River. Mm -hmm. I have nothing but fond memories of Mm -hmm. starting our life. It was really simple, really basic. It was right by the Minnesota River, so I remember walking that trail with you every day or running it. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we were paying, I think, $9.50 a month. Yeah, for a two bedroom, just to kind of get into some some numbers and some details, mm-hmm. and we were probably getting a pretty good deal. I know the same apartment now, five years later, would probably be more like thirteen hundred, thirteen fifty in the same area. But right. so I mean, inflation, just cost of living has gone up, and we were getting a pretty good deal. But um, we were packing that living room out every Thursday night Seriously. for small groups. I mean, young adults, it was... When you pack 30 people into probably, what, 200 square feet, you're just cheek to cheek yep. on both ends. And that's just the way it was. And it was amazing. The young adults loved it. Um, our neighbors never complained about us. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Man, and I just think of this too. Like, we were grateful. We were really mm-hmm. content living there. And um, it met our needs. And some of the nice perks of renting is we paid our rent on time, first mm-hmm. of the month. And then, I mean, when what all went down there? The toilet was leaking into the people, people below us. People below us. Yep. Same day. Like, they actually found out about it and took care of us. We didn't even need to file a request or anything. Right. There was a few other things, maybe. Um, the dishwasher, dishwasher was dishwasher. leaking at one point. Yep. 
Yeah. And, and they fix it. Like yeah. built into your rent is utilities. I think we paid for our own internet, but besides right. that water utilities, that was all included. Yeah. They even gave us cable, which we didn't really need or want, but it was included in the package. I'm just going way into the Oh, details. I took advantage of Hallmark when I had kidney stones on a couch for a summer. So needless to say, Christmas yeah. in July happens every year. <laughs> and then uh, talk about this might get in your mind. Was there a point where you felt like we were outgrowing that place or mm. did you feel like, when did you feel like, man, we, we'd like to establish some roots here? Right. And, and then what was that like for us? Well, I think some things to think about, like what we took into consideration, location is number one. Like where do we want to live? Where are we working? What does that look like? How is this place functioning or going to function even before we sign the year lease? Yeah. Number two, a lease can be broken. Um, so I was thinking, I was like, well, if we find anything in the process, we're going to get penalized, maybe $1,200 to get out of the mm -hmm. lease early. Or if we honor it to the end, we're going to get our deposit back. Exactly. So just taking those things into consideration, when we started feeling like we were outgrowing the place, ministry-wise, personally-wise, dreams, aspirations, and desires, we're like, hey, if kids are on the horizon, we at least want to be settled in a home before we start trying to have children mm -hmm. and start bringing them into a two-bedroom apartment, second floor, parking outside, all those different things that we were thinking and looking at. Some perks about living there were, were simply this, so I'll take this into consideration. They shoveled the snow. They took care of the pool. They took care of the trash. All we had to do was throw it down the chute. Mm -hmm. Like so, there are definitely some perks that were we had in, it pretty in good. It when you don't have to worry about it, like you don't. Aside from taking care of your stuff in your four walls and make sure that rents on time, however you do that is completely your call. But I think we started feeling the the squeeze a little the bit. squeeze of like wow, thirty people every single Thursday night in our house. This is not really sustainable for much mm -hmm. longer if mm -hmm. we're going to continue down this journey. Yep. The second thing we looked at is, hey, are we going to start having children? If we do, we had a goal to, one, pay off any money that we needed to pay off. Two, start saving for a future home that we could put a certain percentage down. And then also, wow, living in an apartment, I can get up and go anytime I want. When you sign a 15 or 30-year mortgage, we're kind of committed unless we God has something else in store. So I think we were really evaluating that and started feeling the tensions of the future That's where good. we currently were and just kind of outgrowing not only the physical space, but kind of the decision making process of the board that was overseeing the sure. actual building sure. itself That's on some point. levels. That's so those are just things that I think were contributing factors. And for, for the listener, like I honestly, my dream, even as a middle schooler, was to have a house someday, to have people over someday, to be able to decorate and, and have space to do what I feel some of my gift sets are, which are have a little shop in a garage, be able to sand and paint and just renovate whatever those smaller household projects that I was able to do. So I had a dream at a younger age than many, maybe some people do now these days to kind of see myself in a home that I can seize my playground essentially or a canvas yeah so it's what do you great. want to add to that just it's that? great i would just add that like man we prayed over the home that we oh, yeah. are now actually recording this podcast from the this this space we prayed around this place for almost the whole time that we were living yeah. at the condo mm -hmm. we it was man just like uh I, I bet it was like two or more years that we were praying, mm -hmm. doing like kind of Mark yeah. Batterson, praying circles and believing for this home. 
and in the process, like Mike said, we paid off some student mm-hmm. loans. We um, really started saving towards a down payment. And in the process, like we felt like, you know what, this would have been 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018 was, I think, the year that we moved in, or 2019 maybe. And I think it was summer yeah, of 2019. Yeah. And um, so we bought this house. And I would just say like it was a matter of prayer. It was also like the location. We were campus ministry leaders down the street from here. This mm-hmm. is in our community. Mm-hmm. The length of time we pictured ourselves living in this home five, 10 years and beyond. And the season of life, like Micah said, and the funny thing actually about jumping in it and moving into this home is like within six months of moving in the world shut down right and within like seven or eight months we had our first daughter Mm -hmm. so it kind of fit the timeline that we had prayed about but also kind of like I couldn't have imagined having a small child and being cooped up when the world shut down in basically one room or two two rooms (laughs) and so this definitely just accommodates also ministry Mm -hmm. a growing ministry a lot really well and so I'd say for us, though, let's talk, Micah, about yeah. some of the responsibilities or the, the man, maybe not the cons, but just the costs of home ownership for a second. Can oh you think gosh. of any? Can I think of any? Okay, no matter what house you buy, old or new, it's going to have its issues. It, it just is. It's Kinda inevitable. Like it's inevitable. So I don't know how far you want to go, but I mean, we've kept a running log of like what we've put into the house by choice and what has been chosen for us. So for example, it's like the garage door wouldn't open. Thank God we have a garage now. We never had one before, but we have a garage door that wouldn't open that needed some new springs and everything. Well, there's $120. $350. Well, just to get the service guy out yes. and then you get the bill. And then the sprinkler heads, there's some sprinkler heads that are broken because we have in like underground sprinklers, which we never had before, which we're grateful for because we can have a green lawn, but now we pay for water. And then we had, oh my gosh, the faucet had some things going on in the bathroom. So in the, it started leaking in the wall and the jets of the tubs were like, is there a crack? And so we had that. And then we had the fridge. That's right. Um, There's a little pinhole um, a pinhole was the in the maker. tube yeah of the of the ice maker so it was leaking water down into our basement into the sheetrock there were bees that were getting into our laundry room that were going up and into the the siding. vents and yeah. the siding and so like you have to call an exterminator oh by the way there's two trees in your backyard they're getting kind of eaten out by bugs and they've had their 35 year lifespan and if there's a big storm either of them could fall in your house or a neighbor's house or your baby's room so here's some money that you're gonna have to put towards taking them down chopping them down and um, then doing the stump, stump grinding, stump grinding. Yep. <laughs> and you guys that's just a small running list of things so it's like I'll, I'll wow a couple big Ooh, ones. what do you got okay what do you got? mice oh yeah so we've had a um an ongoing battle keeping the varmints out and, yes and paying rodents for yep and then the second one is actually the first winter that we had a daughter it was like January 1st. <laughs> so everyone's like, it's 2021. This is how we started our 2020. January 1. Yep. And, and, you know, 2020, it was hard for people. And then it's like, this is wake up to, wow, it's freezing in here. We better turn on the heat. Furnace went out $5,000. Yeah. So just to give you some ideas. A real ballpark yeah. life of extreme adulting. Yeah. It's and not there's, cheap. <laughs> there's, I'm looking at a door right now that we needed to, to have somebody in the basement. Like that was... 
uh, a few thousand dollars. So there, there's ongoing costs and projects and you often talk about Coldstone, like it, love it, gotta have it, or what's a want and what's a need, yeah. and what did you choose, what was kind of chosen <laughs> for you. So just kind of giving you an idea, but here would be a few things of how you know when it's time mm. to rent or buy a house. Right. Micah mentioned for us that we had been saving in the process, that mm -hmm. we had been paying off any debt, that we had been just um, also praying over a house to buy. Mm -hmm. And right now the market is crazy, by the way. So yeah. a 30-year fixed mortgage as of this morning in June 2022, 6.5%. And then for every house that there is, there's actually multiple buyers. In any city that you go to, it's called the housing shortage. So there's more mm -hmm. buyers than there are homes to buy. Right. So this is why you see, by the way, with real estate, people are paying full listing price, which isn't always normal. And then they're actually in about a third, 29 mm -hmm. or 30% of the time, I was looking at some stats this yeah. morning, about 29% of the time this past calendar year, people are paying above asking price. Right. And that's above appraisal price too. True. So appraisal is what does your house value after they look and inspect everything? What is it actually worth? And then if you try to sell your house, that's the selling, the selling number. And then if you have people overbidding, so if you set a house like, hey, $300,000 house, we're asking 320 for it, we're selling our own home. People are coming in saying, hey, I'll give you 350, I'll give you 375. So they're outbidding, there's a bidding war. Yep. So they're outbidding each other because houses are in short supply, but their families are in high demand to get into a two, Great three, four it. bedroom house. So many, at least in our location specifically, to find a three room home or more puts you in a whole different category of trying to outbid others. And we have heard kind of horror stories from some of our friends who have looked, mm -hmm. who have heard some homes are getting outbidded by $70,000 above the appraisal and or the asking price. So to know that $70,000 could be a full down payment <laughs> Yep. Or that initial down payment or whatever percentage that would be for the full, um, the home itself. But something to take into consideration when you are, if you are and when you are looking for a home is the closing costs as so well. Good, so you could spend anywhere between 10 to 40 plus thousand dollars on closing costs. So that means that for all the paperwork, for your realtor, for everybody, all parties involved, generally somebody has to cover that charge. And sometimes it's the buyer. Sometimes it's the buyer. Sometimes there's a mutual agreement. If the house needs some things that have not been taken care of um, aesthetically with inside that may not be up to code, they may say, hey, if you cover the charges of the house, which are say $40,000, we'll give you $30,000 or take $30,000, give that to you to put it into renovate that stairway that's maybe not legal or x y and z so yep. there can be some negotiation. negotiation along the way but to have a good realtor or have somebody who knows what they're doing when it comes to a, um, a loan officer if that's what you need yeah. to do if you need a signer or a co-signer um, or if you have the means of your own finances to keep in mind many people get excited about buying a home but they don't have the job on paper to yeah. support the loan they need to purchase the house. Yep. 
So if you need a job, what is it, two full years typically, of your W's or yeah, your... Um, typically, they're looking at the past two years of your tax, you know, taxable, taxable income, yep. your job, proof of job history. And during the pandemic, a lot of people needed rent assistance and mm -hmm. some people needed mortgage assistance. So lenders, banks have really kind of tightened down and shored up right. their processes and procedures. I would just say, too, don't feel like you're falling behind. Uh-uh. We're having a life conversation, kind of the adulting conversation, and it's part of our faith. Having a place to dwell, yeah. having a sanctuary, having a place, and God provides a roof over our head and all of these things. But the average age in America right now of a first-time homebuyer... Oh, can I guess? Yes. I bet it's 42. It is 33 years old. Oh, okay. Um, across all 50 states. Wow. And the average age of a second-time homebuyer would be about 56. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, first-time homebuyer. So don't feel like, I'm just here to tell somebody, don't feel in a rush. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like a comparison. And don't feel like you are falling behind. Yeah. And I just say, again, back to this topic that's a great question. Mm -hmm. It's been popular and trending in our um, survey that's been sent out and right. asking for questions is how do I know if I should rent or buy? Mm -hmm. Every situation is unique. Right. So we're going to kind of come back to a few practical things. I'd say don't take our word for it. Right. Talk to a financial advisor. 100%. They're going to be able to look at your whole financial picture, your debt to income ratio, savings, mm -hmm. um, you know, your your future hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. Secondly, talk to a realtor. And they might say, you know what, your next step is to get pre-approved. But that would kind of be A, B, C. And we've already mm -hmm. talked about this, but mm -hmm. I think the season of life that you're in, this would be, are you... Um, single are you looking to have roommates when you rent or if you're looking at a house are you gonna live by yourself mm -hmm. and have an empty house are you gonna do roommates are right. they gonna pay rent um, what's the length of time that you're gonna live there because on paper it takes about five years, even sometimes 10 to break even. So yeah. people will often say if you're gonna live somewhere less than five years, you might think about renting. Because mm -hmm. Micah mentioned the, the closing costs and then interest that you're going to pay, the down payment, selling costs. It takes about five years for you to get kind of your feet under you right. on average right. and in location. Like, look, California is going to be a whole different thing than New York City. Right. New York City is going to be a whole different thing than Maine. And Maine's going to be a whole different thing than Minneapolis. And even Minneapolis and St. Paul yeah. or Lakeville are all different <laughs> right seriously different locations yeah. and different you know cost of living and different income levels and all of those things and maybe break down mm -hmm. like if you will any mm -hmm. thoughts or what was our experience like what was it like going from renting to then having a mortgage having the responsibility well i think there's a couple components and this is kind of what i think of it's like one if you're married it is definitely a marriage it can be it can be a marriage wake-up call meaning wow when we were single and no kids or when we were married and no kids we get to sleep in on a saturday i don't have to worry about if my car is buried in three feet of snow like somebody else is gonna dig it out essentially you know like you so responsibilities change uh your priorities need to change mm -hmm. whether it's 
taking care of the house? Who's cutting the lawn? Um, do we have a lawnmower to cut the lawn? Do I have the rakes to clean everything up? Do Garden we need homes. a leaf blower? Do we do it by hand? So there are all these other elements and expenses that you don't think about when you move in. So it's like literally garden hoses, shovels, snow blowers. No snow blowers. You can't shovel sunshine, but you got to take care of other things. You know, you have the pool and you need to take care of the filtration systems. Wherever you live and wherever you find yourself, there's responsibilities. So I think it just puts a natural stress and strain on it can on a marriage. Sure. It's more space to take care of. It's more responsibility. Uh, there's more costs or expenses that you're not really anticipating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think for us specifically, our transition, we wanted to, we had a couple goals. Yeah. We, can we share what we've mm-hmm. shared? So we signed a 30 year mortgage, mm-hmm. but our goal is not to pay it off in 30 years. Our goal is to pay that off a lot more quick, a lot quick, a lot more quickly if we can, you know? So we're taking those things into account from budgeting. But we also don't want to go from a mortgage or like, sorry, a renting of 950 to a mortgage of like 2,500. Wow, that is a huge jump. So we t- you have to take into consideration yep. what am I currently paying for now? What, can what I is afford? affordable, not desirable. Desirable would all live in a mansion and have everybody do everything for us and we never have to go to work, right? But we get to go to work. We get to take responsibility yeah. and make our house a home. Yep. Um, so those are some things that are, I think are shocking to some individuals. Um, I don't know which direction you wanted me to go. I think that's perfect because you kind of talked about how we spent our money when we were living in an apartment, cheap rent, and we were saving mm-hmm. and paying off the student loans. Now that we live in a house, it's like some a bigger percentage of our income is going towards the mortgage mm-hmm. as well as utilities, as well as like right. just the expenses that there's always a project and then how we spend our Saturday mornings. Right. I always have a project um, almost three years that we've lived here mm-hmm. and we've almost always had a project going. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I would just say rent versus mortgage. Mikey, you did a great job. Our friends at Ramsey Solutions, mm-hmm. they're um, sound in their advice and they say that of your take home pay, mm-hmm. try not to take more than a third of your take home pay put towards the mortgage. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about. And then mortgage is yes, your right paying for the house, but you're also paying for escrow. And what is escrow? Escrow (laughs) is you pay for your homeowner's insurance as well as property taxes. And property Mm -hmm. taxes have gone up, housing market. And then sometimes included in your mortgage, if you put down less than 20% as a down payment, which most first time home buyers need to then pay PMI. And it's private mortgage insurance. And it's, it's to cover the bank's rear end. Mm-hmm. It's to lower their liability, but that's right. an added cost to you. We mentioned utilities and then interest rates, I think are a variable as well as a down payment is a variable. No mm-hmm. two situations from income to savings, to debt, right. to interest rate, even it changes every day right. and it locks in for a 90 day home mm-hmm. buying period. And then your down payment of what are you able to swing. And so um, I just think that this is a a deep dive into a topic, but... uh, In a short amount of time. An important one. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, I mean, we, like Josiah said, like we don't want you to feel like you're falling behind in life or that you need to buy a home. Um, with home comes great responsibilities in a sense of everything that we kind of shared briefly and quickly today. But to know that renting is okay. Yes. Um, but I think you and I, Josiah, probably more or less I, because I rented for at least, let's see, 13 years. Mm-hmm. 13 years of my life realizing that I anywhere between... $400 a month when I had two to three roommates to $1,200 a month on my own. That's a lot of money where I feel like I was throwing $100 bills down the toilet and just flushing it down. Mm-hmm. But when you are doing two things, when you're getting an education yeah. and you're taking out loans or maybe you have some financial debt in that way, or when you buy a home, those are the two ways in which you are investing in yourself, your education that's going you're gonna get paid back for that later if you choose the occupation that is going to a lot for that. The second one, like I said, is a home. So say it it doesn't depreciate necessarily over time. Like you buy a car on the lot, the moment you drive that new car off the lot, it depreciates like that, right? But a home, it's an investment. You're investing in your education and you can invest in homes, um, lots of land, whatever that is and looks like. So keeping in mind that buying a home should not be a whimsical decision and it shouldn't be a foolish decision. It should align with the numbers in the bank, the numbers on paper, um, not what you're, where you desire to be salary-wise someday, but where you currently are. Can I afford this or do I need to humble myself and say, hey, I'm a 27-year-old moving to Minneapolis, moving downtown, going back to school. I was in a studio. You guys, I got I had not stepped foot into my apartment because I needed to lock it in. So I signed a, a nine-month lease and had amazing vaulted ceilings. And yeah, they were 15-foot ceilings, but it was 300 square feet. So if you imagine, it was a triangle. It was a really goofy setup. But I had to loft my full-size bed with a little couch underneath with this little table that I had for a um, for like a kitchen table with two little stools and it felt like I was camping it was a humbling moment but it was my one of my favorite seasons of life and I had to become discontent with where I was and where God was calling me to be to be motivated enough to finish school to start praying to start saving to start realizing like wow, this is an incredible season, number one, but two, how humbling is it to be like, I live in a 300 square foot studio. I feel like I'm camping every day of the week and I crawl up to my bed as I read my Bible in my little loft. Like I felt like a 10 year old. (laughs) But my prayer was this, I go, God, if you call me to live downtown Minneapolis, go back to school, my rent for the season that I'm currently in needs to be under $600. That was just the number that I needed. And guess how much rent was? $595. God honored that prayer when I had went to him and said, listen, Lord, if you're saying this, then it needs to be this. Like, this is just mathematically where I'm at. You need to open up some crazy doors. And he always did. He has always provided. He's never stopped providing. And he won't stop providing for you when you team up with him and don't act foolish when it comes to money. So be wise with your dollar bills because they all add up. So that's just my humbling story as a 27-year-old in a loft bed wondering, when am I going to get married? Lord, I have this desire to buy a house. What are we doing here? (laughs) Well, and I'll just point out, you're talking about downtown Minneapolis and a $600 rent budget. (laughs) You take that $600 further into the suburbs, you could probably rent out a level, like an entire basement of a home. 
or have two roommates and or three roommates and be renting out an entire house. But so, but but you were going to school downtown Minneapolis, right. so that was the need, and that's back to the location point. And here's a couple of thoughts. Sure. One is if you want to learn more about this subject. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation on our other podcast called Young Adults Today. We had Ben Peters, our friend, is the leader of Mission Real Estate Group. And you could check out the conversation in the show notes. We'll link it so you could go listen to that one. Mm -hmm. As well as if you want us to dive deeper into a certain part of renting or faith life and adulting and part of that being homeownership, um, feel free to submit a follow-up question. And until next time, this is Josiah and Micah saying talk to you later.